The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Keep or Cut podcast. I'm Chad Young, joined as always by Pete Ball. As a reminder, we are a proud member of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, leave us ratings and reviews. You can also find us on Twitter at Keep or Cut. That's cut with a K. You can find Pete at Pete B Baseball. You find me at Chad Young. Always happy to talk with you about your keeper leagues, keeper decisions coming up. Lots of interesting stuff, offseason trade. So hit us up with those questions. We're always happy to answer them. Today, though, Pete, we are we're not friends today, Pete. We're, we're going head to head. Yeah, we are. It's a, it's sad because just so folks know, we're you know in the keeper cut listener leagues, and Chad and I co-managed a team last year, and we had some bad luck in the draft, but we ended up with a team that has like incredible keeper options, like incredible keeper options. Yeah, and we have to break up now, and. I'm taking over another team. Chad's going to stick with the original team, but we're going to draft the players today. And I'm looking at the disparity between these two teams. And I got to say, I think you and I did a pretty nice job because I'm looking at my board and most of my top picks are coming from our former team there. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate this, this team's being broken up because if it could have been kept together, I think we were in a really nice position to compete this year. And instead it's going to be a split of like we're each going to get half of what would have been a really good set of nine keepers and half of what what wouldn't have been actually it's not even that we're not going to I, I would guess that it's going to be more something like we're each going to get six of 12 good keepers from our combined team that we would have had to cut three of them anyways it's true and now we're going to and and we're going to supplement it with three from the other side so i don't know it's going to make things harder but to give a little more background as pete said we have we have two we have three listener leagues an auto new league and two that are on fan tracks this is the roto league on fan tracks um there was a little bit of turnover in this league this league actually all the leagues had a little bit of turnover but not too much this one had the most though and in order to sort of get up and running as pete said we gotta we gotta split up the team and 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 work separately so what we have done is we have a list of 61 players rostered between these two teams. And we are going to do a draft. It's going to be a snake draft, which when you have two people seems kind of silly, but it basically means someone's going to go first and then we're going to alternate two picks at a time after that. 
And what we are doing is we are drafting these players at their keeper cost, basically. So just as an example, as I go through the the, the draft board, without giving anything away, because I don't want to go through the top of my draft board. But for example, <laughs> last year, Liam Hendricks was selected. I don't think we took Hendricks. Did we take Hendricks or did the other team take Hendricks? I can't remember. Uh, Somebody did. took Liam Hendricks. We did? We did, yep. Okay. We took Liam Hendricks in the fourth round. That means that he is going to cost a second round pick to keep in this league. So at some point in this draft, if Pete or I drafts Hendricks, we are drafting Hendricks either to keep him as a second round value or potentially to trade him to someone else who would keep him as a second round value. Or because at some point we're going to run out of spaces to keep valuable guys and we're going to be taking guys just to fill out our rosters because we've got 61 names here. There are a few names, for example. So there, there's a few names that can't be kept. Uh, anybody taken in the first two rounds, because the, the keeper cost in this league is two rounds higher than the player was acquired last year. For fab players, that's a last round pick. For your first and second round picks, though, it means you can't keep them. There is no pick two rounds higher than a second or two rounds higher than a first. So as much as we would like to take Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna Jr., we can't. They were first round picks last year. They're, they're, I guess at some point in this draft, somebody will take them, but there's no, there's no reason to, there's no need. So correct. Yeah. I, I will, I will give away the bottom four names of my draft board in order are Ronald Acuna Jr., Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, and Walker Bueller, who was taken in the second round <laughs> and it therefore can't be capped. Wasn't us. So, Wasn't us. Yeah. As so you Pete, know, the, because it's Chad. So it's me. I, yeah. And that is why he's last on my list, because I'm just not a fan. <laughs> so, Pete, the one thing we didn't do was decide who is going to get that first pick. So here is what I'm going to do. I am pulling up a random number generator on my computer. I can make it generate a random number between one and two. Wow. Pretty that exciting. Stinks. Yeah. You can decide <laughs> if you think it's going to be one or two. So you can see, I'll even show you, you can see it's it's pulled up oh, right I here. Tr it, I trust it you. says number one. <laughs> it says number one. I will click the generate button after you tell me if you think it'll switch to two or stay at one. Uh, okay, it's first pick, so I'm going to go with number one. All right, I'm going to push the button. Oh, it's switched to two. That's all right. So I'm going to get the first pick is what that means. I got a feeling I know who you're going to take. I, you know, I, I was so curious as I was doing this, how similar our draft boards would be. And I think there's a pretty clear cut first pick here. Yeah, there is. And that is Michael Harris, the second. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you agree because I was going to be really confused if you didn't. <laughs> Harris, for what it's worth, was a, a guy we picked up as a fab pickup midseason that means that he will cost a last round pick, a 28th round pick to keep his ADP at NFBC these days. Uh, I was looking at, at draft champions leagues in the last six weeks. His ADP is in about the third round. I, I, I converted it to round, so I actually don't know what his actual ADP is, but that's a, that's a pretty solid value there. So I, yeah, that was an easy choice for me. Um, although I'll be honest, I wasn't entirely sure if I wanted the first pick or the next two, because there's some guys here, but this, I, I do think it's going to very quickly get interesting to see if we have the same guys. So with that, 
you can you can make your your two picks. Yeah, no, I will. Uh, I I just want to do a little analysis on on the first overall pick there. You know, you're talking should I have had the first overall pick or the next two? And I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot of separation between Harris yeah. Jr. and the field there. Um, and and it's worth reiterating again. As, uh, this is like becoming my thing. Chad is is acknowledging the differences in head to head five by five versus roto five by five. I I, I don't mm-hmm. think those differences are are clear enough for people because the industry really embraces roto and we just think that applies to head to head and it's not the case. And with this actually being roto stolen bases, right? Michael Harris yeah. Jr. to get a last round pick with that, I think is 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 huge. Um, so without going too far, this draft will take forever. Uh, right. this, I'm now kind <laughs> of in a tough spot, like. Uh, all right. Uh, I, I know one of my picks is going to be O'Neill Cruz for a 10th round pick. I'm going to be taking O'Neill Cruz. Interesting. Um, yeah. He's the guy who everybody says broke stack cast and looking at early ADP data. Um, O'Neill Cruz would still be a value for a 10th round pick. Um, now, next year, is he going to be a value in an eighth round pick? Well, he's going to need to show a lot of strides this year, but I feel pretty good about locking up a long-term piece there in Cruz, like yeah. we just said with the stolen bases. And his ADP, his ADP is going around the seventh round in those NFBC drafts. Yeah. If, yeah, if so you assume a 12, it's draft champions isn't actually 12 teams. So it's sort of, it's a little misleading, but he's going the equivalent of a seventh round pick in a 12 team league. So yeah, good with value being there. a keeper, you know, he, he probably would go even earlier. And uh, so yeah. I, I'm going to actually go with, uh, wow, this is tough. Cause I, I, I don't know if I could get this guy next but I'm going to do it anyway. I really want him. Uh, Nick Lodolo for a last round pick there or a, uh, well, basically a fab pick. Um, I have him third on my board. It was, I'm not going to say the name to, to spoil the draft, but I'm really excited about um, Lodolo at that price. I think I'll, he'll be a keeper for me for years. It's interesting. You had him third on your board. I, I'll be honest. I did not have, I wouldn't have taken either of those guys as my next oh, two picks. Don't tell me so, that, Chad. I'm just, well, I, it's interesting because I think our, I'm, the guy I think I'm going to take, I was sure you were going to take this guy. Absolutely positive you're going to take this guy because I know you really like him. So I'm going to take him right now. That's Tyler Glass now. Yeah. So Glass now is going to cost me a 22nd round pick. His ADP is around the eighth round. And I was absolutely confident you would take him with one of your first. I, I knew you wouldn't take him first overall, but I was absolutely confident you'd take him one of the next two. So I'm, I'm thrilled to get him. And now I'm really torn because the next two guys on my board. Are... <laughs> I know who you're going to take. You love them too much. You can't help yourself. I know you're going to take them. I don't know. I don't. I. I, lo- I love both of these guys, and I'm really. I'm really. Yeah, yeah that you do actually. Yes. They can I guess they both be, their last names both begin with the letter K. No. Oh, one of them actually begins one with the letter G. Does. One of them begins with the letter G. Okay. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take the one with the letter G. I think that's not a shocker. I'm well. I'm looking at so so here's now right now what I'm doing is I'm looking down my draft board, and one of the guys I was hoping to get another round or two later was O'Neill Cruz. Yeah, but you've already taken him. Oh yeah, and so I'm gonna take Andreas Jimenez and and get myself a middle infielder. Good since I I yeah I, I feel like I. Don't have as many good options there. Jimenez was another fab pickup for us. So he will be a 28th round pick. Although now I've done two of those. So he'll be a 27th round pick for me. I'll have to give it my second to last pick. But his ADP uh, is going around the eighth round or eighth round-ish value. So pr- pretty nice 
pretty nice jump there. It's interesting though, because like glass now is going to cost me five rounds higher than Jimenez and their ADPs are very similar, but I like glass now more. And so that's why I took yeah. him. I would, I, that's why it was easier for me to take him there, but I'll take, I'll take Jimenez. It's a good pick. Uh, I had a feeling it was uh, going to be one of these K guys. And I, I might just go ahead and take both because a player that I might take, I'm pretty sure I could get next time around. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to take George Kirby for a last round pick. And I'm going to take Alejandro Kirk for an 18th round pick. Yeah. I mean, this time I can, I, I can definitely tell you uh, Kirby was almost gone three seconds ago <laughs> when I took Jimenez. Uh, he, he was the guy who I was really torn between. Um, the top of my board is completely gone here. Yeah, that's uh, that is now. Let's see. You took Kirk. That's most of the top of my board. That is that is for sure. There's a there's a couple of guys still sort of hanging around, and now I've got I've got an interesting situation. So a little more detail. Kirby again, Fab last round pick. His ADP is around the ninth round. Kirk we took in the twentieth, so he'll cost an eighteenth, but again, it's sort of a ninth round value. So it's it just such a good catcher for for fantasy so i i love that pick um the next two guys on my board man i'm torn now 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 i don't i don't even love that i, I don't know oh, I'm i so guess i'm nervous right now so nervous You're so nervous yeah well because i would have taken this player earlier but i didn't think you would do it <laughs> I don't. I don't even know who you're talking about. This is so. Good. No, no, I'm like, man. I hope I get the right one. Um, but I, I'm guessing it's this guy because he's a he's a Pete guy. I'm gonna take Anthony Santander. Okay, no, it's not him. Not not your guy. Okay, okay. Well, I still have another pick here, so don't 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 get too excited. <laughs> uh, but Santander, another fab pickup we made, so he'll cost me now. Now I'm on my 26th round pick. Uh, his ADP is going around the 12th round, so he's not quite as, um valuable as some of the other guys but it but he's such a good i shouldn't say he's a great value when you think of sort of a surplus value right the cost versus what he's worth but he's not quite as productive as the other guys that that we're looking at um and i think man i don't love the guys at the top of my board right now and so i'm really struggling with what to do. And I think I am going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go, I, you know, I'm going to take another outfielder, which is, I don't love this pick, but I'm going to take Lars Newtbar. Newtbar, another fab pickup for us. So I'm now spending like my 25th round pick or whatever on Newtbar. He's, his ADPs are on the 17th round, but I think he's undervalued right now. Uh, and I think that he has a chance to really establish himself as a a long term keeper in this format. So, yeah, my guess is I could have waited on Newt Bar, but you know, you you could have. But I mean, he's a lefty that hits lefties. He's in a great lineup if he has a job there, and he's he costs the cheapest a keeper could cost. So he wasn't going to last much longer if he didn't take him there. Yeah, so are you, are you going to now grab? There was someone you were really worried I was taking before I took Santander. 
Yeah, I don't know why I was worried because this would have been very like different for you. Like this is mm-hmm. not a Chad pick, but I'm going to take because this is a rotisserie league. I'm going to take Devin Williams, who's going to cost me a 17th round pick to keep. I uh, full disclosure, he's right behind Newt Bar on my draft board. <sighs> okay. So I I was the, my <laughs> big the big debate in my mind was do I want to go make a play for a closer this early? And you're right. It's not my style to do that. And so I didn't. Yeah. But no, that would have been very different for you. He he was, he would have absolutely been my next pick if you hadn't taken him now. Interesting. Good to know. Um, I, I'm going to go with, man, now I feel like, nah, I'm going to stick to my board here. I'm going to take Tristan McKenzie for a 14th round pick. That makes me sad just because, you know, Tristan's my boy. Yeah. Um, I, thought he, I thought he would have been gone a while ago. He's so I actually have he's not only the not the next guy on my board, he's not the next starting pitcher on my board. Yeah, I, I, I he was one A for me, so I, I have a feeling I know who's who's your guy here. Oh, I'm, I don't know because I've got I've got a handful of of pitchers that I had all in sort of a bunch. So let's see. So this gets interesting because the, the guy who, the two guys who buy ADP value, if I compare their cost to their ADP value, are the obvious most valuable picks. I don't really want to take either of them. <laughs> and so I think I'm going to dip down my board a little further. And I I am going to take a closer. He's a closer who will be slightly more expensive for me than Williams was for you, but and, and probably slightly less valuable, but that's David Bednar. Good pick. He is the next closer on my board, and I don't know. I, I don't love it, but it's, I think, the right thing to do. So Can I'm I make do you it. feel better about David Bednar? Yeah. Well, you're getting him for a 16th round pick. I took him with my fourth round pick in that Gladiator League. Those gladiator leagues are, it sounds like closers are just like, he was the flying off the boards. He was the 13th or 14th closer off the board. And it was the fourth round. Just absurd. Yeah. Just absurd. All right. What am I going to do next? Uh, Hmm. Am I going to get real aggressive here? I'm going to get real aggressive here. Love it. I'm going to take Ezekiel Tovar. I thought I would be able to get him later. (laughs) What a sneaky, nice pick. He's he's a fab pick for us. So again, now now I'm on like he's gonna cost me like a 24th round pick. So I, I'm using up all of the end of my draft here. Yeah, but too. he's been going at a at a 22nd round ADP, as you mentioned earlier when we were talking about like Harris Glass now guys like that. Like in a keeper format, his ADP would be much higher. Um, I mean, if you look at where some of these guys went last year, like he'd be going. I mean, like. A great example here is O'Neill Cruz. He was a 12th round pick last year. It's hard to believe that in a keeper format, Tovar wouldn't be in that range. Maybe not 12th, but 15th, something like that. So for a last round pick, I'll take him. I'm I it's a little bit of a gamble because he needs to he needs to produce. But if he produces, I'll be keeping him for years to come. For sure. So you put me in a spot here. Um, 
I would like, I know this is weird, but I guess this is kind of my approach with this now where like, I'm determined to make this team my own, right? Just like how Bloom wanted to make the Red Sox his own team. So he ruined, sure. the, I'm going to ruin <laughs> this organization by making it my own. And so in the draft, that's where I want to do this. Cause you know, ha- only half of these players I drafted. So I really want to get my closers out of the way. So I am actually going to take Camilio Duvall for a 12th there. Just a little bold, I guess. But now I can go into the draft knowing I got saves. I'm good. I got Devin Williams. I got Camilio Duvall. I'm, I'm chilling there. Um, and then it's really between a few starting pitchers. And I'm going to go ahead and go with the one that I just think is the most talented. And I'm going to take Luis Severino. Now, Severino is also for a 14th round pick, Chad. So um, can you remind the listeners of the rules for that? Because I've got. Yeah, Severino if you've already used up. Yeah, if you've already used up a pick, either you traded it or you kept another guy who has the same cost. It bumps up around. So you're going to spend a 13th round pick on on one of those guys. And um, is it up to me? I think it is. I guess, actually, I'm realizing now one of the things we didn't sort of spell out in the rules, which we will need to do, is if you have like four guys who cost last round picks and you push them up, when it comes to next year's keeper cost, what do they do? They move up to from what they were supposed to cost or what they actually ended up costing you. And I think it's the latter. And if it's the latter, then we have to allow you to say, this is how I'm, this is what I'm giving up for this guy. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And now something we'll have to broach with the rest of the league. Hopefully they're all listening right now. Although this isn't going to air with you. (laughs) Yeah. This isn't going to air for a little while. So but chances are we'll bring it up with everyone before this actually airs. And so this may be completely outdated by then, but that's okay. Anyways, we are, uh, Pete, we're supposed to take two ad breaks starting now. So let's take our first one right now and we'll come back and I'll pick up with my next two picks. The best way to learn a language, immersion, living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, welcome back. We have gone through the first 15 picks in our dispersal draft. Now I get picks number 16 and 17 and I was already sort of annoyed with, with what was out there. And so I'm going to only just be get more and more annoyed as we go. Um, so the, the pick I'm going to take now is I'm going to take, 
Oh, I don't want to take that guy. <laughs> I'm probably going to take two starting pitchers here. Ah, damn it. I bet and I'm debating. Well, they might not be because I've got three or four. I have four I'm considering. And two of them are not particularly inexpensive, but are really good. And two of them are more inexpensive, but I don't know. I'm not as big a fan of them. Uh, I'm going to take. Man. I'm going to take Framber Valdez. Good pick. Framber Valdez is going to cost me an 11th round pick. He's like an eighth round value. He's also just so steady. Like, you know, you're going to get good results from him every time out. And I love being able to plug that into my lineup, especially in a weekly league where I can just, you know, play him and forget him. Plug and play. Yeah. And then. uh, All right. Now, this is this is an interesting one because I'm going to take Joe Ryan. And. I'm going to, I think I'm just going to let you make your pick before I comment on Ryan too much because I think there's sort of an interesting comparison here that gets into sort of a rules thing that I think is interesting. And I'm sort of betting you're going to take the guy I'm thinking of. So I'm going to let you make your pick and then we can talk. All right, let's do it. So uh, I'm going to take Tony Gonsolin then. Um, And I was very (laughs) excited when you did not team me up for this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that was perfect. That's exactly what I wanted you to do. I, I'm, I'm sure it was. Um, I see no reason not to at this point. I'm a little surprised he lasted this long. He was, he was pretty high on my board. But um, yeah, so tell me, what what's the deal there with Ryan versus Gonsolin? So so this here's the thing. Joe Ryan is going, his ADP in those drafts, those NFBC drafts, is around a 12th round pick. Gonsolin's is around a 15th round pick. So Ryan's going a little bit earlier. In our format, Ryan is going to cost me a 19th. Gonsolin costs a, a last round pick. But as I've noted numerous times, I've taken like five other guys who cost a last round pick. <laughs> so at this point, the difference in cost between the two of them is like two or three rounds. It's not the seven rounds it looks or nine rounds it looks like, right? It should be a nine round difference. Instead, it's going to be like a two round difference, maybe even less. I'd have to actually look. If, if, I, if I just look at the... The picks I've given up. I've given up my 28th, 27th, 26th, 25th, 24th, and my 22nd. So he's going to cost me my 20. So Gonsolin would have cost me my 23rd. And Ryan's going to cost me my 19th. Their values are about three rounds apart. So in theory, being four rounds apart is worse. But there's a couple of things that could happen here. One is I could still end up taking another guy who cost me a last round pick, which would push me up even further and drop that cost difference even less. The other is I'd rather take like I will give up a four round higher pick for a player who's three rounds more valuable, right? Because there's there is more value in getting those more valuable players. So I'm okay with a slightly lower, let's call it surplus on Ryan than Gonsolin because I think Ryan is a better pitcher. I'd rather have him. So, yeah. 
No, I, I, I totally follow the logic there. I do like Joe Ryan probably a little bit more than Tony Gonsolin, who really fell off in the second half with injuries, and he was outperforming a lot of the underlying ERA estimators and stuff like that anyway. So I totally get that. I was still excited given the cost for me. I only have two players at this point, Lodolo, uh, Lodolo and George Kirby, who cost last round picks. So Gonsolin's going to be a little bit cheaper for me than he, he would have been for you. Yeah. The other um, thing to note right now before you make your next pick is we've now made 18 picks, which means we've right. each made nine, which means that in theory, this is it. These are the nine guys we're each going to keep. Now, at least for me, as I'm looking at this draft, and I'm curious to know sort of what you're thinking at this point, but I- I'm thinking two things with these additional picks. One is who knows what might happen in the next two months, three months. I guess more like two months before we have to make decisions, but like guys could get traded, guys could get signed, guys could get, you know, new roles, whatever. So there's things that could happen. The other is we have, we're going to have trading open in this league. And so like right now, I'm pretty confident that Joe Ryan will be one of my keepers, but maybe he won't be right. Maybe somebody will make an offer to me for Joe Ryan that I'm like, yeah, I'll take that. And then whoever I take next moves into a keeper spot for me. So I'm still these guys, I'm still sort of poking around at, at either guys I could trade or guys who I'd be happy to slide into a keeper role or guys who I think something might solidify their value for me. That's where my mind is. Yep. Nope. I, uh, I was going to say the same thing. Like these, these look like these are my nine guys. To be honest with you, if you took Gonzal in there, and and for whatever reason, Joe Ryan wasn't on the board. Like this is a this is a mark for me. Like I I think I would only be keeping eight at this point in time if I wasn't able to get Tony Gonsolin with that pick. Let me put it that way. So if everything else, was so you same, wouldn't have kept Joe Ryan. No, I'm saying if Joe Ryan was off the board, like if, oh, if all of the names that are off the board are off the board, then like this pick, I, probably not a keeper. Okay. So with that in mind, I'm going to kind of go name value here uh, combined with like maybe a, a one round discount um, mm-hmm. and take Zach Allen. Um, who, if anything happens to any of my other keepers, you know, I have I have basically now my best player uh, waiting to fill in, uh, which I'll, I'll gladly take. Yeah, uh, Gallon would have been near the top of my list for this this round as well, but you took him, so I'm going to take. This is this is the things could happen to change this guy's value. Um. I'm going to take a guy in the hopes that the Reds just announce that he's the closer. That's Alexis Diaz. Yep. So right now he's another fab guy. So he's going to cost me like, you know, whatever that, whatever that leads to now, 23rd round pick or something like that. Um, His ADP is around the 12th round. Like he's going after, certainly after like Duvall and Bednar um, and Williams, who we, we took earlier. But if he suddenly is just the closer, I think his value jumps and I may have to reconsider where he fits in my list because he might turn into a keeper for me. But right now, you know, we'll see. Um, And now I've got to make a second pick and I'm going to do something similar to what you did with Gallon, which is I'm going to take I don't know, having Harris, maybe this is my second best player, not my best player on my roster, but he's he's near the top. There's probably about a one-round discount in in his cost if I ended up keeping him for some reason. And it's gonna it's gonna drive you crazy because I know you like this guy more than me, but I'm gonna take Jazz Chisholm Jr. 
Oh, okay. I thought you're gonna. I thought you were gonna say somebody else. So, oh, somebody who I know you. Another player I know you don't like. So, <laughs> but I, I think I mean Jazz is a a fifth round cost here, and that's you know a slight discount. He's probably you know fourth round pick is what it seems based on ADP, and yeah, probably not going to keep him. But maybe somebody else wants to keep him in a trade or. You know, maybe some other things happen. He ends up moving up my list. Chances are he's just trade fodder for me, if anything. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I mean, it's it's Roto. Steals are pushed up for me. So uh, I'm sure Jazz was coming off the board sooner, if not later. Um, I'm going to take another kind of value starting pitcher. I I, I guess, again, probably like around here. Um, and it's a player that I, I know Chad does not like, and that is you, Darvish, uh, who's going to cost me a seventh. Um, and I'm going to go with, uh, an infielder that you and I both liked going into last year. I think he was part of, um, when we were on, on the wires post pick 300 draft. And that was, uh, Bryson Stott who in the second half, you know, kind of, kind of quiet in that second half there. 106 WRC plus it was a high BABIP, but, um, he was much better in the second half when he when he got a second taste and kind of got more consistent playing time. So Bryson Stott, last round pick. I had already put your name on Bryson Stott before <laughs> you started those two picks. So I was like, he's going to take him here. He makes a ton of sense. Um, and and Stott, I actually I debated between Stott and Jazz because I think Stott's the better keeper value, um, but probably has less trade value. I think mm, I don't probably. Know. Um, but I like Stott, and I think you know. I think people are forgetting about him because he lost his job to Trey Turner, but he's going to just slide over to second base and and play a huge role. So, oh yeah. Um, so with that, I've got two more picks. Ah, oh, what to do? What to do? So, when I guess I should mention, Stott's going to cost you your last round pick. His ADP is around the nineteenth round. Darvish, who's going to cost you, as you said, a seventh. That's basically his ADP. So he's he's there's no huge discount there. Yeah. Maybe maybe a half a round or something. Um, so now I'm debating: Do I want you know players I'm excited about who have a multi who have like a one round discount, if anything, or players I'm not excited about who? I don't, I don't like anything here. So I'm going to take Trey Mancini because <laughs> he's the top guy left on my board. So I might as well just trust whatever I was thinking when I made my board. He is another guy who would cost me theoretically a last round pick, but his ADP is a twenty third. So this is absolutely a guy I could see trading because he's going to cost me like a 22nd round pick if I keep him. But to a team that doesn't have a lot of keepers or whose keepers are high value and, you know, towards the top of the draft, Mancini has trade has keeper value. He's, he's coming at a five round discount. It's not a ton, but for a team that needs an eighth keeper or a ninth keeper, there's really no reason they shouldn't be willing to trade me like a late round pick. And if I can pick up a late round pick, that's another thing. I guess I don't know. If we've really talked about the rules. If I traded for an extra twenty sixth round pick or something, I can give that up to keep a guy, right? I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. So we should confirm that. But like, there's some things I could do with with him as a trade piece. I think that that make him worthwhile. So I'm taking Mancini. Was that my first or my second pick here? Now I can't remember what I was doing. I think, I think it was my first. That's the 24th pick overall. So I've got one more. I got to take the 25th pick and my 25th pick or the 25th pick will be. Oh boy. Um, 
I'm going to do something sort of similar here and go with Juan Yepes, who another fab guy would cost me a 28th round pick. His ADP is only like the 25th round. Um, again, maybe somebody's like, eh, I don't have a last keeper anyways, so I'll give up a 28th round pick to keep him. Maybe. I don't know. That's yeah, what I'm uh, looking at. I guess it's it could be a throw in and a bigger deal. You know, maybe he sweetens the pot a little bit. That, that that's looking at the board. That's really all we got. We got going on here. That's left. Um, yeah. In that very same vein, uh, I'm going to take a guy who's currently buried on a depth chart pretty deeply, um, but that's Brett Beatty. Um, in case he is sent packing for you know Liam Hendricks or something like that, maybe he all of a sudden can get some play time at Chicago or wherever he ends up. Um, and if he does get traded and somebody's a big Brett Beatty fan, well, he's he's a fab cost. And then the other guy I'm going to take here is I just had it. Uh, Patrick Sandoval um, for a 13th round pick, which if I had to guess, is actually probably no value at all. That might be a negative value, but he's a player that I like and maybe somebody else does, too. Yeah, I mean, Sandoval, I think that's right, is a. Negative. I'm looking for him on my list here. Um, yeah, I mean, he he'd cost you a 13th. His ADP is around the 18th. Wow. So um, really, Jesus. Yeah. Interestingly, Beatty also like he, his ADP is like a 33rd round pick. Now that's not keeper format, so he'd be more valuable in a keeper format. But he's a he is a great example of like if he gets traded tomorrow for like. I don't know, Chris Bryant and ends up in cores or if he gets traded as part of a Liam Hendricks deal and ends up in, in whatever that guaranteed a rate, I think is what that stadium's called these yep. days. Um, he's going to jump in, in draft value, right? For, for sure. If, if it looks like he's going to have a, a, a place to play, it's gonna make a big difference. So I like that. Um, so as I think about guys who might jump in value, get a new place to play, I don't really see anyone else who sort of fits that bill. And so I'm just, I don't know. There, there's really nothing exciting less. So I, I'm going to take Riley Green, who would cost me a 17th round pick, which is basically what his ADP is. And I'm going to take Carlos Carrasco, who would cost me a, well, he'd cost me like a 20th round pick. He's another fab guy. His ADP is like 27th round. So, you know. There's there's no real value there, but got to take somebody. There's value in our hearts for for that. And I I, um, I do like Cookie. Yeah, so. well everybody does, right? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take. I think the last potential value. I mean, there's no value left, but Hunter Renfro. <laughs> um, yeah. New place. He was next play. on my board. Yeah, and uh, you know outfield so thin. This is a five outfield. Is it a five? I should know that, but. Now I'm I think it myself. is, yeah. Yeah, five outfield. Um, he could be a little useful there. Uh, not that he's going to end up on my team. And uh, I'm just going to raise the spirits of the Red Sox. I'm going to take Jaron Duran just to, just as like a morale boost for the Red Sox. <laughs> I mean, they could they could use a morale boost, I guess. So uh, Yeah, they could. So for a 23rd round pick, I could opt to keep Jaron Duran. Ooh, I got decisions to make now. <laughs> uh, all right, well, keep... 
keep powering through this. I'm going to take, uh, fine. I'll take Jose Urquidy. He's, he would cost a 21st round pick, which I think at this point, because all the last round guys I'd be taking would actually be like an 18th round pick for me. His ADP is in the 23rd round. So he doesn't have any value to me and he doesn't really have any value as a trade piece, but you know, he's on my team now. So that's fun. There you go. Uh, and and <laughs> I will take, at this point, I'm just going right down my, my board. The next guy on my board is Brandon Marsh. Uh, he was picked up in the 22nd round last year. So he'd be a 20th round cost. He's going in the 23rd round this year. Um, you know, fine. There we go. I took Brandon Marsh. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll take Alec Thomas and Rowan Wick. Maybe Rowan Wick once again finds himself competing for saves on the Cubs. I doubt it, but you never know. And uh, Alec Thomas, once highly touted prospect and just disastrous debut, just absolutely disastrous last year. Yeah, so Thomas is like the 34th pick. So I'm trying to keep up here. And... Rowan Wick will be the 35th pick. So we still got we still have a lot of a lot of guys left to draft here. What's interesting is we obviously, you know, we saw said at the beginning the first and second round picks can't be kept. Um so there's no sense in drafting them any earlier. We have yet to take anybody who was drafted in the first 6 rounds. And we have only taken 3 players so far who were drafted in the first 10 rounds. And they were all taken after we were sort of done with our keepers. Those are Zach Gallen, who was taken in the 10th, Yu Darvish taken in the 9th, and Jazz Chisholm Jr. taken in the 7th. So it's interesting that it's, it's the top of the draft from last year that's still sitting out there waiting to be picked up this year. Um, oh, and as a nice segue, the guy at the top of my draft board right now is Will Smith, who we took for the fit in the 5th last year. We didn't take him. The other team took him in the fifth last year. He is still costing a fifth this year, so not much to be excited about, but fine. Smith and then Giancarlo Stanton, who we took in the eighth last year, he's going in the 13th this year. So that didn't work out so well, but yeah, that's the those are my two picks. Nice. Um, I'll go with Trevor Story to continue to rise the spirits of the Red Sox here. He was one, it's worth noting, he was once a first round player in fantasy if you've not been playing that long really wasn't that long ago but Trevor Story was a first round pick then a second round pick and he just continues to go down um he would cost a second round pick to keep so that almost definitely will not be happening but he's returned that value before and uh I'll take Matt Olson I think if uh Vlad Guerrero Jr. can go in the first round that Matt Olson could and has before post seasons that look like Vlad Guerrero Jr. seasons so you know what sure Matt Olson Add some star power to the squad here. Yeah. And we are now at a point we should take our second ad break. So we'll do that. We'll be right back to, to sort of wrap up the bottom part of this draft. All right. Welcome back. And we are we are now 41 picks into this thing. We theoretically have 20 more to go. Uh, I'm going to take Gavin Lux, who was picked in the 17th last year. He's going in the 21st this year. So no value there. And then... I'm going to skip that guy. I'll take Joey Bart. Uh, sure. <laughs> Once highly touted prospect, Joey Bart. Yeah. So Lux and Bart. Um, 
I mean, we are we are now at a point where it's like it's not about trade value. It's not. It's just these are just players who exist and therefore need to be taken. So I I propose do we want to just split these guys kind of every other starting from the top? Because I'd be curious to hear from you, Chad, if we get through these players, like who were one or two names that you took after our ninth choice that you think could enter that top nine discussion? If we're doing just sort of a split it up and then we can we can discuss a little bit, you would get you have the next two. So you're going to get Betts and Acuna. Oh, I like this. I'm going to get I'm going to get Walker Bueller <laughs> and Manny Machado. Fair trade. Uh, you're going to get Wander Franco and Liam Hendricks. God, this is way better for you than it is for me. I'm <laughs> going to get Byron. <laughs> I'm going to get Byron Buxton and Cattell Marte. <sighs> you're going to get Jonathan India. Uh, yeah. And Jack Flaherty. I'm going to get Alberto Mondesi and Shane Boz, who, of course, isn't going to pitch. <laughs> so that's awesome. Unless he's super good. Um, you're going to get Spencer Torkelson. That's deserved. And Fran Mo Reyes. All right, you're getting your you're getting your weak part now. It's about time. <laughs> I'm going to get Giovanni Gallegos, who guess could have value, maybe if he's closing. Uh, and Alex Karoloff. I still like Karoloff, but not for this. Uh, you're going to get Adam Duvall and Patrick Wisdom. I'm, I'm going to get Tyrone Taylor and Paven Smith. And I think that's it. We're done. Beautiful. So that's that's the full list. So your question to me was, who is someone that I took after our first 18 total picks? All right. So my first nine picks were Michael Harris, the second Tyler Glass, now Andres Jimenez, Anthony Santander, Lars Newbar, David Bednar, Ezekiel Tovar, Framber Valdez and Joe Ryan. So your question to me was, who did I take after that that I could see sneaking their way into a keeper spot? Guys I took after that, I mean, the the, the end of the draft, forgetting the guys we split up, the guys towards the end that I took were um, Joey Bark, Gavin Lux, Giancarlo Stanton. Like those guys are, there's just no way. Brandon Marsh doesn't really make sense for me. Jose Urquidy, no. Carlos Carrasco, Sort of interesting at sort of a face value keeper, but I've kept so many last round guys that he's doesn't work for me. Riley Green. Ah, uh, I wish he was worth keeping at the 19th round pick, but that's not happening. Yepes, Mancini, Jazz, and I mean, I think the answer is Alexis Diaz, which is sort of a, a boring answer since he was my 10th pick to say like, oh, if I have to keep one of the guys other than my top nine, I would keep the guy who's 10. But again, you know, the Reds basically just announced today, right? They signed Will Myers today. And there were some questions about like, oh, could you make other additions, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, eh, no. It was basically what they said. <laughs> I think they said it in, in nicer words, but basically it was no, we, we can't. It's like, okay, you can't. Well, that means their closer is somebody in the organization today. And the Reds 40-man roster, let's pull up their 40-man right now. And the pitchers on their 40-man, TJ Antone, interesting, but I don't think he's going to be their closer. Graham Ashcroft, Luis Sessa, Fernando Cruz, Alexis Diaz, Justin Dunn, Buck Farmer, Ian Jabot, 
Hunter Green, who's going to be a starter. Vladimir Gutierrez, who I think is still a starter. Ricky Karcher, who is definitely a pitcher on the Reds 40-man roster that I've not heard of. Uh, Joel Kunell, Casey Legumina, Nick Lodolo, Connor Overton, Lion Richardson, Reaver San Martin, Tony Santian, Lucas Sims, Levi Stout, and Brandon Williamson. So like Sims, Santian, maybe Reaver San Martin finds something, but like Diaz is sort of the obvious guy to take that role. And if it becomes more clear that he's taking that role, then I think he moves from being, I, I don't know where he moves up on my list, but he becomes a pretty intriguing keeper at a last round cost if he's a a, a closer. Yeah, no, I I think I would have the same answer looking at your roster, um, especially again, it's worth repeating. This is a rotisserie. If this was head to head, honestly, I probably wouldn't. I think I'd, I'd rather just take the well it doesn't it doesn't even matter if you take the pick because it's just a fab pick but i'd, I'd consider just taking a hitter um but with this being yeah. a rotor league i want to lock down my saves looking at my roster i think it it would kind of be like a a, a strategic keeper decision as opposed to like a player doing something or a role change or something like that that could happen with diaz where you know it's, it's clear he's the closer for me it would probably be bryce and stop because of his cost where if I decide, you know what, there's so many names up top that I want. Maybe I see if I can get Cruz back in the draft. I'm not going to keep him. I'm going to take that 10th round pick. And at the end, I'll just take Bryson Stocks. I'm getting a couple rounds of value there. I think that would be the change. I think Stott would be the next guy up. Gallon for an eighth round pick would be tempting, but not really tempting enough. So for me, it would have to be, I just want an extra pick early, which I don't know if that's going to be the case because I'm going to have my first through ninth round picks now. Yeah, and I I also think the other guy and we, we talked about it before was is is Brett Beatty, right? If Brett Beatty gets traded somewhere and looks like he's going to be a starter, his draft value is going to jump, and sure. you'll have a decision to make on how does he compare to someone towards how does he compare to someone towards the bottom of your keeper list, perhaps. So, mm-hmm. um, that I think that'll be the interesting choice for you. Looking at your list, you took one, two, three, four, five starters, two relievers, a catcher, and a shortstop in your your nine first picks. If we just focus on those. My nine, I took, let's see, one. I took three outfielders, two middle infielders, three starting pitchers, and a reliever. So I went, I, I guess this is as expected for the two of us, but I, I went with just four total pitchers, five bats. You went with only two bats and seven pitchers. You really locked down your bullpen. I, I very much did not. I mean, I, I like Bednar, but it's, you know, it's hard to say I've even got a, a top 10 closer saved mm-hmm. up here. Right. Um, but my outfield uh, Harris, Santander, and Nupar is a pretty good start, especially in a five outfielder league with Jimenez and Tovar. What I really like about Jimenez and Tovar is I can still, I can still afford to use draft capital on middle infield, um, especially because Jimenez qualifies at both second and short. And so I can move him around if needed. And if I end up spending early picks on middle infielders because the way the draft falls, that's like the right thing for me to do. The fact that I've used up two of my last picks also on middle infielders isn't a problem. Um, so I'm, I'm 
I'm pretty okay with that. Uh, I do think if I look at these these picks, the the draft picks I'm giving up to keep all these guys are 28th, 27th, 26th, 25th, 24th, 22nd, 19th, 16th, and 11th. Um, and so I'm I'm not giving up any of my first 10 picks. I'm giving up basically just picks in my my 20s. There's only a few even in the teens. And this is this is where Alexis Diaz, if I become confident he's the closer, maybe I keep him over Framber Valdez, who's going to cost me that 11th round pick. And all of a sudden, the earliest pick I'm giving up is the 16th for David Bednar. And that's that's, that's not a bad place to be. And then I've got two closers at that point. And I, I'm, I'm well, feeling good was, about that. So that's... Yeah, no, that's what I was just going to say, especially the part about if you already had two closers locked up and you're still not giving up a pick until the 16th. So none of those first or 15th round picks needed to even go towards a reliever. I mean, that's... That's just open season on whatever you want. That's huge. Yeah. Um, like you're saying, I kind of took a, a different approach there. Um, I was I was just, you know, you brought up I ended up with seven of nine or our pitchers one way or another, reliever or starter. And I can tell you that really wasn't intentional. It was all just about value and how much I love the talent. Um, like sure. I'm a I'm a big believer in Tristan McKenzie. I'm a big believer in Luis Severino. You know, I could see those guys going for much higher next year. So even at at a price point of 12th and then a year later of 10th round picks, I still feel like I'm going to be getting value there. Um, so when well, you're yeah, at the start of a rotation here with Lodolo, Kirby, McKenzie, Severino, and I think Gonsolin is your ninth pick, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that is a, that's a solid rotation right off the bat. And that's before you potentially use a first, second, third round pick on an ACE if you want. Right. So yeah. it's a, I think you're in a pretty good place from the pitching standpoint. You're just going to have work to do on the hitting for sure, right. which is uh, it's looking like going into this year. It, it's not looking like that's a fun thing to need. It does not look like no. it's going to be fun to need hitting. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so looking at this, is there anybody? Let's just look at the guys that we neither of us took that we split up. Is there anybody from this group who you think there's any chance could sneak into your keepers or someone else's keepers. So Betts and Acuna can't sneak into a keeper. Wander Franco for a first round pick. Probably not. Liam Hendricks for a second round pick. Probably not. Um, Jonathan India for a fourth. Jack Flaherty for a fifth. Spencer Torkelson for an eighth becomes interesting. Like he went for a 10th last year and yes, he's going much later in redraft right now but he's gonna go higher in keeper than he does in redraft i don't know if he goes higher enough to justify an eighth round pick though no from reyes adam duvall patrick wisdom doesn't really seem like any of those guys are making any leaps yeah, if i look at I my guys that we split i mean walker bueller is hurt can't be capped machado can't be capped I don't think anyone's giving up a third for Buxton. Even if Buxton comes out and is like, I'm in the best shape of my life. No one's going to believe yeah, right, it. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, al- along the lines of, even if somebody says they're in the best shape of her life, I've got Buxton, Catal Marte, Adalberto Mondesi, and Shane Boz is the next few guys. So uh, I don't think there's anything that could happen to any of those guys to change their value. 
maybe, I mean, Giovanni Gallegos, he would cost a 10th round pick to keep. If the Cardinals, you know, they decide, look, we're good with Helsley at the back and we are going to trade Gallegos or vice versa. They decide they're good with Gallegos and trade Helsley. And he becomes a clear cut closer, a 10th round value on Gallegos in theory could be something. Yeah, I think well, it's extremely unlikely. I was actually going to say, I think of all those names, a reliever is actually the answer to this question of like, could any of these yeah. guys that got split up be the, be the be the answer here? And I think Liam Hendricks might actually be it, where if the Yankees get involved and acquire Liam Hendricks and say Liam Hendricks is the closer of one of the best teams in baseball, you know, he wasn't as dominant last year as he's been in the past, but he was still really, really damn good. And we just continue to see saves get pushed up draft boards. And so if people look around like, oh man, Chad's keeping David Bednar and Alexis Diaz and Pete's keeping Duvall and uh, Devin Williams, like where are the saves going to come from? Maybe somebody does say, you know what? I'll give up my second round pick to lock down one of the premier closers in the game. So I think he is actually the only answer here. No, that's fair. I mean, I think you're right. And I think it's a it's a good reminder that is, you know, in any keeper league, when you're looking at your keepers right now and you start to talk about offseason trades and stuff like that. And like if I'm looking at my team right now, I like if somebody out there is like, yeah, I definitely would keep Joe Ryan. Well, Ryan's my ninth keeper. If Someone out there was like, I definitely would keep Trey Mancini. Right. He's going to cost me a 27th round pick. You know, he, he'll cost 28th round pick. That team's maybe keeping a couple other late guys. He costs 26. They think he's worth it. Fine. There's nothing that's going to happen to Trey Mancini. We don't even know where he's playing next year, right. but there's nowhere he's going to sign or no situation he's going to go into that's going to bump him into my top nine. That isn't true, as I said, for Alexis Diaz. It isn't true in theory for Giovanni Gallegos if, if Gallegos gets moved to the right situation, right? So looking at that, like it's worth keeping in mind as you're making these trades that differentiating for yourself, who are the guys who maybe could jump into my keeper list and therefore in a trade, I need to make sure I get something useful for them versus guys who like, not only are they outside your top nine, but they are like, there's no path, right? If somebody wants Mancini, they can have him. Um, Everyone in this league is theoretically a listener of this podcast. They just heard me say that. Once this airs in <laughs> 10 days, hit me up with trade offers because Trey Mancini can be yours for the low, low oh, cost of baby. literally whatever you're willing to give me. <laughs> um, but if you start coming after you know, Diaz, who, as I said, is outside my keepers right now, I'm going to be a little bit more hesitant on that. I want some flex to maybe hold on to him. Um, so... It's just there's a thing also, to keep about like there's also yeah, incentive for you to 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 let Diaz go back into the draft rather than trade him because there's there's 30 guys not not exactly right because the teams like the Rays but there's 30 guys who have closest jobs in the MLB and so if you're like I'm not going to keep Diaz so maybe I can get something for him well as dumb as it sounds is it better to let Diaz go into the draft so there's just one more closer so you can maybe get that category or is it better to just take what you can get? And I think in certain circumstances, very rarely, but in certain ones like this, it might just be better to let him go back into the draft. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I think that's true for a guy like the guy I took right after Diaz was Jazz Chisholm. Like if I decide I want Jazz, or right? I said I, I kept, I've got a couple of middle infielders in my top nine already. 
Like somebody wants to trade me for jazz. Cause they're like, Hey, it's a one round discount on him. I'll take a one round discount on him. I, I may be better off throwing him back and being willing to pick him up at full cost. Mm-hmm. But you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. So anything else from this? Any, any thoughts on like, did this make you think differently about things? This change your, your thoughts on, on how you're keeping players having gone through this exercise. I think I, I went about it. So, I mean, like you and I have been playing keeper leagues a long time and playing keeper leagues for, I'm, I'm going to be approaching two decades soon of, of doing this. And I'm always going for just, just value. Um, what, what's the best value I can keep and what's going to, what's going to make the draft easiest for me. No attachment to players, no attachment for, to teams, which sounds like that should always be the case, but is not always the case. Um, and that's why I ended up with seven of my nine keepers are pitchers. And I think, Certainly, I, I'd listen to a case of like, that's not a good thing. You want more balance in your keepers. But I, that just tells me, OK, now I got to use a lot of my picks on hitters. And as long as they're good picks and those pitchers I have are out of value, that's what I'm looking for. Get value out of your keepers. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with that. And I think um, like even when I said, oh, I've got these, you know, I've got a couple of. Uh, what did I say? Middle infielders. I've got these couple of middle infielders. And so. I can, you know, they're not costing me much. I could still pick up a middle infielder late. Like, this is fine, whatever. Like, that wasn't something that was strategized. It wasn't something that I, like, thought deeply about during the draft. It was just, like, that's a retrospect thing. Right. The only point during the draft where that came up was when I was early on and I was debating between a couple of picks. And I was like, eh, I could see taking. I think I even said it with with Tovar that like I was hoping to get O'Neill Cruz later. Mm-hmm. You took him very early. And so I was like, yeah, I'll take Tovar now. Like he's the other young, exciting shortstop. And like, maybe I'll take him a little earlier than I otherwise would have in order to grab him. But in general, I, I went, I went more or less down my draft board when I jumped on my draft board at all. It was like, Oh, I'm going to jump two guys because like there's a, you know, Four of my next five guys are pitchers, and so I'm going to take the guy who's not a pitcher and wait for the other two. Like, you know, and I did- that totally makes sense. That's that's any kind of drafting 101 as sure. well, right? Yeah, right. if I can get this later, I'll take it later. I'll get the thing I can. Value piece. It wasn't ever like I intend to have five bats and four arms, or I intend to take at least three starters and one reliever. Like none of that. That 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 didn't factor in for me when I made my draft board, and then I sort of stuck to my draft board. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. I hope this was interesting and and useful. Uh, I found it interesting and useful, but that's because I now have to decide which of these guys I'm keeping. So um, with that, this should be just so everyone knows, we are recording this on Thursday, December 22nd. So if we said something silly, like we have no idea where Trey Mancini is going to play. And by the time this airs, we do. That's why this isn't going to air until January 2nd, but we're both going to be busy with the holidays. I'm finishing up Hanukkah and getting ready for Christmas. You got Christmas stuff around the corner. We got New Year's. We got some travel coming up. Uh, and so you'll hear this on the 2nd. And then we'll be back with you on the 16th of January back into our uh, our top 10s for all the positions. I think we got middle infield coming next, maybe. That sounds right to me. Does that sound right? Yeah. So have a good Christmas. Hope you had, By this point, hope you had a good Christmas. Hope you had a good New Year's. Hope you had a good holiday season. And we'll talk to you soon. 